AviationPros.com is the portal website for AMT, airport business, and ground support worldwide magazines. Visit daily for breaking news, industry blogs, and insightful articles from our magazine's editorial team. And don't forget to sign up for our publication's daily e-newsletters. It's all at AviationPros.com. Hello and welcome to the Aviation Pros Podcast. I'm Josh Smith, editor of Ground Support Worldwide Magazine, and I'm joined by my colleague, Joe Petrie, editorial director of the Endeavor Aviation Group and editor of Airport Business Magazine. We're going to use this episode to take a look at some airline trends and predictions and add a little context to how these may impact the specific markets we cover within the Aviation Pros family of publications. I'm looking forward to this discussion, Joe. Um, I hope you are too. Are you ready to dive in? Absolutely. All right, let's do this then. Last week, Joe, you published an article with John Grant, a senior analyst with OAG, and the the article offered some insights into the airline market and what we can expect from 2022. And for any of our audience members who are unfamiliar with OAG, the company is a travel data provider that tracks a number of metrics specific to the aviation market, including busiest airports, most active airline routes, and on-time departure performance, among several others. Of the topics highlighted by Grant, perhaps the trend I found most intriguing was in regard to low-cost carriers and long-haul ultra-low-cost carriers. And with the demand for air travel growing, how can these airlines potentially impact business at airports this year? So one of the biggest and most intriguing things about the pandemic is the number one area that we saw the most growth and the quickest rebound was leisure traffic. Uh, Business traffic has changed substantially uh, since the start of everything. You know, we had uh, not as many people traveling for business, so there was less people that were in the air. And the ones that were flying, there's been a bigger shift towards uh, private and business aviation to this point, um, which is going to be something that to keep an eye on, but I don't think it's going to be the Overall, like it's a permanent thing. I do believe this is going to be something that we just see as a as a temporary bump. There will be some change in that, but for the most part, right now, uh, leisure travel rules the roost. So, ultra low cost carriers play a huge part in that uh, in that market uh, because it's grown in substantial popularity domestically. You know, with Spirit Airlines and Allegiant and Frontier, and we see more and more that are popping up. So it's really something that's appealing to a lot of folks that are just looking to get somewhere. They really don't care how they get there. They just want to get there and, you know, get there as affordably as possible. People can remember before the pandemic, we had, uh, you know, quite a few of the ultra long haul low-cost carriers out there, such as your Icelandic Air and TAP, and there were some out of Asia. That bubble kind of burst a bit just before the pandemic. The pandemic really just kind of pushed things over the edge. Uh, But that's not to say it's something against the business model itself. It's really more of, you know, wrong place, wrong time with the pandemic that I think did the biggest damage to it. So we're starting to see a little bit of a resurgence in that and some interest in it. You know, the one that, you know, keeping an eye on right now is uh, Norse Atlantic Airways, uh, which is, uh, you know, obviously out of uh, Norway. And they are planning to start service through New York, Los Angeles, and Florida this coming year. Um, You know, it's kind of a resurgence of that. And we're going to see 
uh, more of that growth again as more people are looking to travel. Because even though the pandemic slowed things down, people haven't lost the want to travel, especially at that leisure market. And if anything else, it's exacerbated it between all the stress that everybody has gone through, you know, the past two years and everyone wants to get back to life. So I think it's going to see a big impact in increasing the international market out of the North America, out of a lot of these international hubs like that and these leisure markets. Um, and I really think it's going to go a long way in helping that uh, transatlantic traffic uh, bounce back to something that we used to know back in 2019. Yeah, of course, everyone in the industry is uh, rooting for increased air traffic. Um, obviously, that means we're trending in the right direction. But on one hand, increased airline traffic means more work opportunities for people within the sector. And on the other hand, staffing shortages have created challenges in the terminal, on the ramp, and in maintenance facilities. Uh, should we expect to see the workforce grow as air traffic picks up? Or is it more likely that traffic growth will be determined by staffing levels and companies' ability to get those staffing levels where they need to be? Staffing levels are going to rule the roost on this. So the big challenge is that there is nobody. Uh, it's really hard to get people right now in all facets of work, uh, not just aviation. So this is, but in aviation, this has been something that was, that predates the pandemic. Uh, you know, the need for mechanics, the need for flight crews, the need for airport staff, uh, the need for ground handlers, that's been there. The pandemic really just kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, and what we've seen coming out of it has, you know, seen a big challenge on it. You know, between retirements, which was a big driver, we lost a lot of people that had years in the industry. And then we have the great resignation for the most part, where we've seen people that are simply just, they don't want to do work that they're not feeling appreciated in anymore, or they, they feel that they're not getting any benefit out of, you know, so that's a big challenge. I mean, it's hard, especially what's going on. And because we're not out of the woods in this pandemic yet, uh, you know, just the things like, you know, do you really want to push wheelchairs for nine bucks an hour? You know, that's a big question. And it, it's going to be something that's not going to bounce back anytime soon. So a lot of the demand is going to be pent up that's there. And it already is for that matter, because of a lack of staff. I don't see in a lot of ways, the staffing issue being addressed anytime soon. The only way this is probably going to get addressed in the near future or the airlines and, you know, the ground handlers are really going to start thinking about more and more is automation. Uh, I know that's been out there for years. It's been talked about, but this might be the, the watershed moment that is really going to push us further and further that way. If you just can't get the staff and there's no opportunity to get staff, you can't rely on these staff coming back. Now, inside the terminal, we've been seeing this. I mean, with the pandemic, we're seeing a lot more like uh, the food delivery robots or something to come along. Um, we're seeing floor cleaning robots. Uh, you know, we're seeing more biometric implementation. We're seeing more and more of the touchless technology come into play in airports of all sizes. You know, these used to be things that we only saw at the major international hubs. Well, that's starting to trickle down to the smaller airports because it's no longer just a pipe dream or, oh, wouldn't that be great? It helps it. It's a necessity. Um, I expect to see 
more automation on the ramp, um, it's going to have to happen. Uh, you know, it's there's there's always been those challenges with that workforce there. I, I don't see how we're in a better position now than we were pre-pandemic in order to fill those spots that we were already having a hard time filling. So until they get that figured out, uh, that's going to be really hard for the industry to grow because it's, I don't think that workforce is going to come back in a lot of these uh, positions, especially those that were, you know, a lot more lower wage. As air travel demand continues to return, uh, obviously the cost of airfare will also be influenced. As the airlines begin returning to pre-pandemic operations and the cost adjusts accordingly, what does that mean for the other segments of aviation? So it's going to be interesting to see. Airfare is already skyrocketing. I don't know about you, but I, I just, for example, myself, I just tried booking a ticket to Florida in April. Okay. And I was quoted, I will not name the airline, but just a April ticket was over $1,200 for one person. And that is not nearly even close to what this particular airline usually charges for a ticket, but it's showing a lot of the challenges they're having right now. The airlines have to do that because they can't, they just don't have the staff. They don't have the people. They don't, it's created a big pent up demand for people. And you know, it's that whole law of supply and demand that it's going to go up. So, I mean, how is this going to impact it? You're still going to see people traveling. Um, it might Some people might be scared away by the higher prices. Now, granted, this is another one of those areas where the ULCCs are going to pick up the slack a little bit. So you're going to see a little bit of an impact. But the thing of it is, I, it's just going to be a slower growth. It's, it's going to kind of go on the trajectory we saw right after things started to pop open, I think, in 2020. 21, uh, when the vaccines first started rolling out, where it was an initial pop. It went from nothing to a lot. And then we started to see a lot of slow growth up forward. And then it started to stagger as Delta came onto the scene and now Omicron. And now it's just cause, you know, everything's kind of sparked out, but I really see things growing slower than what we saw in this past year, just because of those challenges we see, because we're only going to get so many people in the skies at a certain price point. And that's fine. It's not like these planes are going to be empty. (laughs) They're not going to do that because that's not how an airline makes money. They're going to make sure that they price it for what they can get and, you know, and still make a profit. And we're still going to see people there. It's just the big growth and the, you know, adding planes left over hand over fist, it's not going to, it's not, it's just not possible. Um, so expect that until they get a lot of those other issues uh, really hammered out. Excellent. Uh, let's take a quick break, uh, but we'll be right back with a little bit more on airline trends. Would you like to reach key decision makers in the industry? Share your message on the Aviation Pros podcast and reach key leaders across all facets of aviation, including aircraft maintenance, airports, FBOs, airlines, and ground handling. Contact one of Aviation Pros' helpful account representatives to find out more. All right, let's continue evaluating airline trends and their impact across airports, ground services, and maintenance operations. Uh, But why don't we expand that view outside of the United States? And Joe, in your discussion with John Grant at OAG, he indicated key opportunities in Europe. 
what can transatlantic traffic and airline activity within Europe tell us about the health of the aviation industry as a whole? It tells us that it's still the demand is still there and it's still healthy. It it got put on ice because of the pandemic. Uh, you know, obviously, we didn't want a ton of people up in the skies and, you know, especially in the pre-vaccine days of things. So it's telling us that the demand is there. It's stronger than ever, more than anything, especially in Europe. And what's interesting about Europe is we're talking about a population of people that is well more vaccinated and has seen a little bit different of a response to the pandemic that they have had things pretty a lot more under control objectively compared to what we've dealt with in the United States. Uh, so with that, we're seeing a lot more uh, travel that's taking place there and it's more opportunities. So what it's showing us is that if we can get, and this is a bigger question, just aviation, but if we can get things at least a little more under control, um, you know, as far as controlling the pandemic or, uh, you know, working through it, if it does, it's indeed becoming endemic instead of a pandemic type of situation. What does it look like? How do we get people in the skies again? How do we keep them safe? How do we address all these challenges going forward? I think Europe is a, is a pretty good example of this because it really shows with, you know, the right moves, we can go ahead and we can take care of these. Now, I'm not saying they're doing things perfect over there, but far from it, because they do have a lot of different challenges over there, but it's showing that the demand is there. And if we can just get everything together in the right way, it's going to go a long way. Um, you know, and it, it, it can raise more questions about things that the industry could start thinking more about, like vaccine mandates for travelers and stuff like that. Not saying that's what needs to happen, but it's something that makes a valuable question if that's what it's going to take to get uh, everything uh, up and running again. So I really think that it, it gives me a lot of hope, really, to see what's been going on. I do believe that everyone else should have a lot of hope for that, too. You know, in, in speaking of the challenges that the industry faces, uh, sp particularly in regards to international travel with lockdowns and, and other restrictions, when we look east, there are specific COVID-related challenges. Uh, the virus and the spread of the virus poses concerns to the large populations in China and across all of Asia. And it also poses challenges to island nations like Australia and New Zealand. How are airlines in these regions coping and what impact does their status have on those individual aviation markets? So the Far East has been a little bit of a different, uh, you know, challenge in terms of what they've been doing. Uh, China, for its matter, uh, if they have the zero COVID policy right now, which is zero COVID as far as they're concerned. And they're going to some pretty heavy, some pretty draconian lengths to uh, control the, the virus in a lot of ways. So that. The thing with that is, is that China is pretty central when we talk about Asian air traffic, just given the absolute size of the population and everything like that. So it's going to be, I think, a little bit of time before we see a big change in Chinese traffic, um, especially to the United States because of, you know, these heavy handed policies which, you know, good or bad, that's what they're doing. And it's going to be tough to go with it. A lot of the other Southeast Asian countries, we're starting to see a little incremental growth in terms of the international traffic. I know several territories just recently uh, come to agreement to start flying to Vietnam again. 
Um, you were starting to see Singapore has had, you know, fits and starts with trying to uh, get in more international traffic. It's going to remain a challenge over there for a while. Um, I think this is going to be another one of those uh, questions of where they lie in terms of the pandemic. Are the heavy measures that have been taken so far, does that put them ahead of the curve as far as coming out of this? Or does it put them slightly behind the curve because the you know Western countries might have took a softer hand to controlling uh, you know traffic over here? And it's going to be interesting to watch and see how this develops because in, in my own opinion, it would say that, you know, it should open up pretty quickly. I imagine demand is going to be just as big for air traffic for Asian airliners as well as as it is here. And people want to travel there just as much as they want to travel here. But again, it's it's going to unfortunately, it's just going to have to be a way to see approach on that one. Yeah, of course. And I think that's going to be the case, you know, for much of the uh, airline and aviation markets is waiting and seeing, but uh, should make for um, some compelling coverage as you and I both uh, um, continue to to evaluate what's going on within the industry as we work for our respective magazines and, uh, of course, on AviationPros.com. Uh, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Aviation Pros Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And for more information about airline trends, as well as airport operations, ground handling, and aircraft maintenance, consider subscribing to our daily newsletters produced by the editorial teams at Airport Business, Ground Support Worldwide, and Aircraft Maintenance Technology. And please continue to visit AviationPros.com. <laughs>